an Ironic Media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right, welcome to season three of the Stark Transformation Show. We are going to have a lot of fun this season. I have created a Patreon community where we can all connect. It is free to join and you'll have access to all the information that I have been looking at and sharing across platforms all in one place. And if you'd like to support me as a creator, there are two other tiers. One of those tiers is called Attitude of Gratitude and you will get daily inspiration from me as a private podcast Monday through Friday. The other tier gives you everything else I've mentioned, plus this one is called A Force for Good. We will meet live on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can ask me your questions. I look forward to you joining my Patreon community. Let's get started. I have a feeling that this is like the first time I've really heard you put it that way. Hmm. Like, I know a lot of your stories, obviously, known you for a long time, but that is something that when you mentioned that before, I definitely, <laughs> like you have one one or two buttons maybe, and you're working with somebody who's got probably about 50 buttons all over her. I could even tell you what half of them are. I probably know and have names of people who's on those buttons. And that could be what's slowing down my journey. I don't want to say stopping it or right. why it's taking me so long, but that's something that I've never consciously thought about of trying to just become neutral. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, it's your host and coach, Amy Stark. And today I have a very special guest on. Her name is Dori Horvath. And she is probably the closest you have, or you will get to somebody who has known me from the beginning. I don't know. Maybe my sisters will come on or maybe my mom one day. Dory has known me since I was born. I'm really excited to have her here because she is essentially just starting out on this whole spiritual path journey with meditation, with EFT, listening to her inner guidance, connecting with those on the other side. She has been actively trying to find her own inner guidance through using the podcast and the tools that she's learned from it to really connect with the other side and just get closer to her own healing and her inner guidance. So I thought it'd be great to have her on the show today. I absolutely love Dory. She is helping me with my business and Mm -hmm. she's so super organized and has really made my life a lot easier since starting to work with her. So I super appreciate her and Spirit wanted to go over like this whole part of the journey because it is important to understand that when we first say yes to this type of journey, to embodying our spiritual journey, that we need to take it slow and that there's steps that need to happen and like essentially levels that we need to pass in order to get to the next level. And 
one of the things that spirit wanted to say is that compassion for the journey is important. So being compassionate about the fact that it's a long journey (laughs) and that if you don't have the answers, it's okay. But like understanding and loving that part of the aspect of the fact that it's going to be a while. You never really arrive necessarily. It's always an evolving and learning and up-leveling process. And so therefore, they also wanted to share that it's important to have compassion for yourself. So I am going to welcome Dory now officially to the show. Dory, thank you for being here. Oh, I wanted to mention- I am so excited. I love you. Oh, I love you too. I wanted to mention how Dory's parents actually played a very pivotal role in my own spiritual journey and becoming a healer. So back, I want to say in like 2009 or 10, somewhere around there, I was able to work on Dory's dad. He was going through some things and I was very nervous because I was for one surprised that your mom had asked me to help and I, and agreed to have that happen. And your dad also said, yes. So I was like kind of surprised because my own parents were a little bit skeptical. Yeah. (laughs) You were too. (laughs) That's funny. So anyway, I was just like thrilled that they wanted to have my help, but I also was very nervous. And when I worked on her dad afterwards, he's just took my hand very kindly and just said, you have an amazing gift. And he couldn't believe how good he felt. And just the visions that I got, I was able to share with your mom, Joanne, and the three of us, I just remember laughing about it in the kitchen because the visions were so perfect. And they were were so healing for everybody because they were from friends that had passed on who they had very close relationships with. And so they felt great about that. But also the next day I got a call from Dory's mom and she said that Dory's dad was running around the therapy place (laughs) telling everybody, give me more, I'm healed (laughs) or I'm much stronger, something like that. She was just thrilled that the energy healing had helped. So I remember thinking, wow, this was huge. I was really intimidated and scared to share it with your family because my family still was not that they were on the fence, but they were just kind of still skeptical as everybody was, even though I was skeptical of myself. But after that, I remember it really solidifying this whole idea that I could do this and that something really was happening and changing. And I was really proud of myself. So that's just a, it's something I wanted to share with everyone. I am proud of you too. And I think I want to take kudos for that because I was pretty sure I was the one who told my mom you were doing that. And then we had to convince my dad. And I was like, look, you're not doing anything. Just lay there. And like, you're not going to be any worse off. It's right. not like she's going to hurt you. She's going to help you. And so I'm going to give myself awesome. a little pat on the back, but it was so I was pivotal. surprised he let you do it. And absolutely was, you could just see in his spirit, he had like that pep in his step and the light in his eyes back during that, like after that whole thing. It was amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Dory, how did you start following me or the Star Transformation Show? Like what caused you to get back into this whole, because I I think you were always following my journey, right? Because you knew me and, but what made you like really step more into it? I think my baby step was my initial like kick in. I was following you just because, you know, I do consider you family. So I was paying attention. And then when my mom passed, I knew I needed help and I knew you could help me. She passed in 2020. So then 
you definitely made a difference in my life. I just kept watching you. And then, you know, time goes on. And it was about a year later, wound up having some family issues. And I could not, it was almost like I had stopped watching you for a little bit. Every time I opened Facebook, you were the first thing on my feed. And I could not stop thinking about you. And all I kept saying to myself was, someone's telling me I have to call Amy. So I did. And that was November of 2022. So it's been almost a year. Right. Wow. Feels like forever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's why I keep saying, why is this taking so long? (laughs) Maybe you're making me feel like it's taking long. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even really reached a year yet, but that was the moment that I was like, I need help. And I keep, I always credit my mom when someone is like hitting you in the head from the other side. It was just, you showed up for literally four or five days, every thought I had. And I was just like, that's it. Someone is telling me I have to call Amy and I'm going to call Amy. So I did. And that was the whole start. So, and that really facilitated me to dig deeper. And I was like, you know what? I know I have to help others, but I also have to help myself was the realization there. Right. And it really starts with us helping ourselves. And then we have the energy and the clarity to be able to help others. So true. So tell us what that, it's like only been eight months or something like that now that or nine months, 10 months. Okay. Listen, it's getting, oh yeah, it's 10 months. No, it's 11. We're in October. We're in October. Okay, fine. Fine. (laughs) 11 months. So you've been meditating for 11 months. Now, can you imagine I've been doing this for 17 years? No. Okay. So can you imagine that? That's why I like, I looks like I have my shit together. It's taken that long. It's a long process. It's a long journey, but it's worth it. And that's why I kept going on it because I think spirit or the other side can tell when our like love for the journey is waning and then they'll give us something to help us get our pet back in our step and kind of like Gemma calls it a Scooby snack, get us to keep (laughs) taking the next step forward, like dangling a carrot almost just to keep us going so that we don't lose steam entirely. Yeah. Yeah. I always say they'll give you enough to add fuel to your fire. Yes, absolutely. How it makes me feel, but it definitely was I think I had spent my whole life always trying to make other people happy. And not so much that's a bad thing in my eyes. Like people would turn to me for help. So I knew that I could do like God's work and help them and make them feel good. I'll never forget if I can tell you this really quick, tiny story. Sure. A friend of mine, God rest his soul, he did pass away recently, but his son was, I believe, eight years old. And we always talked like via text or messenger, but one day he called me and he said to me, do you believe in God? And I was like, yeah, hello, (laughs) Wally, don't you pay attention to me when I put things out there? And he's like, I need your help. My son was just diagnosed with leukemia. And that is all he had to say to me. And I was showing up at the hospital with coffee and donuts for all the nurses. Cause if you schmooze the nurses, they take care of your kids. I 
set so much stuff up for him. We had food trains going and coolers outside their house and money that we collected just to help him. And all he had to say to me was, do you believe in God? I need your help. Amazing. And I'm pretty sure he, God sent him to me because he knew I did. <laughs> That's the kind of thing when I say like, I'm always doing for others. They turn to me for peace and calmness and clarity. But I noticed that I've lost all of that in myself throughout my life because mm. I've spent so much time doing it for others. It, it is and I enjoy happens. this. You enjoy yeah, which part? It is. I enjoy this modality of finding myself figuring out who I am, what my gifts are, and what path I'm supposed to be on. I'm thoroughly enjoying the meditation. I finally, after 11 months, are feeling that euphoric feeling in my body where I'm surrendering and being taught how to listen for the answers. And I wanted that like in month three. <laughs> how about in day three? <laughs> <laughs> Dory would be like, I meditated. <laughs> Why didn't I get any guidance? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure it's doing something for you. And that's the thing is like it, every single time that you say yes to yourself, you are taking a step forward. And every single time that you sit down and you try to meditate or you try to tap or you open up a book on health and wellness or mental health, anything like that, you are taking a step forward into, you know, remembering who you are figuring out where you're supposed to be on your path. And it's okay how fast, how slow it happens for people. Like it's all in divine timing. Right. Like for me, I mean, everything opened up very quickly after I, I'm guessing like four or five months, but I was also doing two hours a day consistently every single day. And this is also part of my journey is to like, hurry up and get this information out there. Mine was a little bit accelerated and I am grateful that it was, but that's just who I am. I'm able to handle like how fast it went or mostly handle, <laughs> but not everybody can do that. Like not everybody's prepared for that because it, it was jarring and it was scary at times. Yeah. I always remember what you say. I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> I know. And when I say, when I'm doing my meditation, I always say, I don't mind if anybody comes to me, just don't make them scary people. Like I, I'm right. okay with seeing people, just make sure I'm not going to be scared. <laughs> also, it's interesting how I, I knew that Dory's family, or I could sense, I should say that Dory's family had some spiritual gifts. It turns out her mom also was very connected it was very interesting growing up in our household. Like there were times where certain people would come over and watch us because my parents had to go uh, like on a vacation or something like that. And my aunt Joanne was somebody who would come over and I always felt safe with her and I always felt loved. And it was just, it was so great to just know that I was going to be okay for at least a couple of days when she was around. And not to say that my mom, I felt unsafe with my mom. It wasn't that it's just like, when there's somebody there that's specifically there to take care of the kids, they're a little bit more hands-on and less like worrying about all the other things. So 
One of the things that I have noticed that people need to or should understand about the journey is that like one, it's slow and things happen at the pace that they're meant to happen. But two, when you are meditating, you may feel things in your body. You may not. You may see visions. You may not. You may get information. You may not. And it all is still moving you in the right direction. And one of the things that is really pivotal in this time period in your life when you're on this journey is learning to discern what's your instinct and what is fear or trauma. So when the emotions come up, it's really learning to tune into that emotion and then check in. Like, is this, first of all, my emotion is it somebody else's? Was I just thinking about somebody? Because remember when I first started meditating, I, my eyes got started burning and then my tooth started hurting. And it, I was thinking of my twin sister and she had double pink eye and my dad, he had lost or broken his tooth. You could be accidentally tuning into other people's emotions. So that's important to start learning. Is this mine or is this somebody else's? But also is this coming from trauma and fear or is this really my gut instinct or is this my intuition that's telling me to do something? Each time that you get practice with that, like when it comes up, you need to dive deeper, right? Like, so if the emotion comes up, ask yeah. more questions. And that's something that probably I haven't talked too much about is like literally asking the questions, is this mine? Is this coming from fear? What does this remind me of? Where might I have experienced this for the first time? Is this a program part of trauma? There's all these questions that you could start diving deeper and deeper. Where do I feel it in my body? Sometimes it's in our shoulders. Sometimes it's in our head. I mean, we literally get a pain and we right. get more awareness about the emotions. And then you're able to have this like sense of observing yourself going through this. And the more that you can learn to be outside of yourself and observing yourself. So I like to say kind of like, you're the computer programmer observing the computer, because mm. at that point, anything can be changed because you are now one with God, kind of like outside of you, you're one with source, you have that ability to recreate what you're seeing and feeling. And Another way to look at this is when you're meditating, I like to equate it to a film strip coming through and you can pause it and look at that film strip and a film strip is just a bunch of pictures. You can take that picture out and replace it with a different one. You have the ability to recreate your reality. And when you slow it down, like such as through meditation, you're able to rewrite, fix, release, envision create and go forward on your path by slowing down. And it's amazing because research is out there. If you do meditation, you wind up getting more time in your day. If you do meditation, you wind up being sick less in, in, your, in a year. You miss less work, less school, whatever it is. And people are like, well, I don't have time to meditate. Mm -hmm. It's like, it gives you time and it gives you better health and it gives you more connection to yourself and others. And it makes you feel more in on your path, I should say, and so not so lost because a lot of times people feel lost. But I also know that some people have really pushed back on me and said, like, I can't meditate. I understand that. Like they might have way too much trauma, which is when I think they should start with EFT if they want to get better. And also they can always work with somebody. So sometimes you have to, or it's very helpful if you tap and you release some of that trauma and you get more comfortable with yourself so that you can sit with yourself 
uh, quietly for mm-hmm. 10 minutes a day. And, and in fact, in order to get the benefits, it's not much more than 10 minutes a day or something like that. It's not that much. Like I was doing two hours a day, but it wasn't what's recommended. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think my max meditation was maybe an hour and 15 minutes, which is amazing. Like you, that's, yeah. I was very proud of you when you said that you started doing that. Like that's a lot of time and effort to be putting in to sitting and doing nothing. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I remember when I first started out, there was a quote out there that said, going into your mind is a dangerous place. Don't do it alone. <laughs> And I, it's true. Like there, it's anything true. can pop up and you have, you have the opportunity to either deal with it or stuff it down. And the way that I look at it is like, every time that stuff comes up, it's a unique opportunity to up level if you're prepared and ready, which is why I talk about biohacking. I really believe that any way we can enhance our energy of our body, our physicality, we can handle those things. We get, we develop more resilience. So EFT is a biohack. Meditation could be a, considered a biohack because you are doing something that's actually saving you time, making you younger, making you healthier. I also have the other tools and techniques and things like that, that I do for biohacking that enhance my energy, such as like the electrolytes that I'm drinking right now, like enhances my field. It helps to detoxify my body. It helps the cellular communication. There's just non-negotiables with me. In fact, we just got an au pair and <laughs> it's kind of funny. She keeps asking us these questions, which is amazing because she's like, last night, she was like, why are you wearing those funny glasses at night? And so I had to explain to her, like, because I, <laughs> I forgot, like, oh yeah, right. We have red glasses on right now, both of us. Like I said, it's for better sleep and for our hormone regulation. It's like tells our brain that it's time to like wind down and rather than being awake and then trying to start the unwinding process while you're laying in bed, we're already unwinding. And then we get into bed and it's like, bam, we're asleep. These are all things that are going to help me with the resilience to handle the the day ahead, whether it's in the morning or the night before. We want to constantly be managing our energy and our thoughts so that we don't get derailed. And have you noticed that, Dory? Like, have you noticed that because of your meditation, you're not getting derailed as easily with thoughts that come up? At this point, yeah. In the beginning, it was a lot rougher. But I think it was more because I was hard on myself. Like, I would would be like, I didn't hear anything. I didn't get any (laughs) question answers. So it has taken me a very long time to understand And I'm sure it's just me. Other people, like you said, you moved really quickly. It just took me a very long time to understand that I have got to learn to let go, which is probably also a lot from all of my 50, almost 53 years on this earth of how I've managed and worked my life the whole time. So I can't be someone who wants like, the instant gratification and have to have things done quickly. I needed to go through the whole process and learn the fact that I have got to just sit here and be. And I've noticed in the last couple of months, I'm doing a lot better with that. I get better feeling. I don't ask as many questions. And I always, if things pop up, I think of you where you always say, just take that and say, okay, put that outside my field. I will deal with that when I'm done. And I've even started to say, okay, just remind me spirit to like write that note or 
when I'm finished because I just want to focus on nothing. Right. It has taken me a, a long time, but I believe I'm finally there. That's so great. And can you imagine I had 27 years less of conditioning and programming and trauma to deal with? That's why I went faster. I was so much younger and I had, yeah. I was doing double the time as well. So yeah. of meditation and it is part of my journey to be on this accelerated path towards healing. That was the other thing is like, you had <laughs> expectations because you've heard my podcast and you know what could be around the corner. I had no clue. Right. Like I sat down to meditate because I was so stressed out and almost took my life. Like I was starting at like ground zero bottom of the barrel kind of thing. Like I was just like, if this makes me feel even 1% better, I'll do it again because I need to just keep feeling 1% better every day. And right. eventually I just was like, this feels so amazing. I'm just going to keep doing it for as long as I possibly can before it starts to impact my schedule. I started waking up earlier. I started staying a little bit later and then like rushing to the gym and running a little bit harder, taking less and less time dawdling and looking at maybe Facebook or other things. And things just started to fall away. And I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. And even when I got in the car to drive, so I was driving uh, somewhere and it was like 45 minutes to drive. And then it was another half an hour. Or so I had to wait for the parking spot and I was listening to people talk about, yeah, metaphysical things. So I was like, I was all in. And then I was going to conferences and things like that. And I'm just an intense person. I just wanted to understand and put it all together. Yeah. I think I haven't figured out what my journey is as much as I would, like you say, like I see what happens with you and I think I want to be a psychic medium or I want to hear or help people. I don't know what the journey actually is yet. So, One of the things we talked about with Gene Atman on the podcast was the ripple effect of healing. And when we work on ourselves, those around us start to feel the effects of it. So one of the things is our children actually get an upgrade from us doing our work. Like our actual DNA will emit a different light frequency to them. Mm. So if you also have a boy, I know for sure if you have a boy, I think if you have a girl, they're starting to find this information as well. Their cells are still in the mother's body. So when the mother does energy work or releasing trauma, rewriting, up-leveling, reprogramming, that energy and information is sent to the child because it's all light. It's photons coming out of the body. And right. it, it doesn't matter how much space there is between you and that child, meaning like they could be at school and you could be doing it at home. Like it, there's, it's the quantum field. It doesn't matter. It could, they could be all the way across the country. Right. In fact, they could not even be on this planet anymore. And they're somewhere, their soul is getting an upgrade. Actually, I can't remember what it was, but there was something that Aiden said the other day. And I was like, holy moly, that's evidence of him up leveling from what I've recently up leveled. I don't remember what it was, but I remember having that moment like, whoa. And I remember you telling me that conversation. Was that the conversation you told me about? Oh, I'm thinking, yeah. He was that's what it was. Or something and yeah. So he was, <laughs> this is actually pretty cool. So he was upstairs in his bed and he woke up and he just laid there for a minute, which he doesn't normally do. Cause usually he gets up and like bolts out of the room, like as if somebody's chasing him and we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think he's just ready for the day. He's like so excited. Right. But so that day he was laying there and he said that he noticed the basketball hoop that's in his room was going in and out of existence, flashing in and out of existence. 
then he noticed that the fan was flashing in and out of existence. And then yeah. he said that he noticed an angel's dress near him and he heard ringing in his ear and he said he was not scared. I sat with him and I said, listen, you're absolutely right. Matter actually flashes in and out of existence. It, we are only 99.9% energy and like 0.01% physicality. But because we flash in and out of existence so slowly, but like, like it's hard to, we're, it's so fast, but we're vibrating right. so slowly that we appear to be solid. And I know that I'm going through a whole up leveling in that aspect of understanding quantum energy and the field and objects and things like that. I'm playing with moving objects with my energy and He's familiar with me doing that. Like he's seen it and we work together sometimes to do that. So he, here he is, he's like getting, he's into his spiritual yep. school and they're teaching him when he's upstairs, just laying in his bed. So you don't know what you're going to be shown. And one of the things I love about you, Dory, is that you're so into signs and it's so important. I, I, I Yeah. And <laughs> I love that you're reading that book. What's the name of the book? Uh. Can you tell everybody? It's signs. <laughs> it's signs. It's the most popular science the, book that's out right now. I know that yeah. many other it people says are reading. something underneath. But what's important is that you pick your signs and then you, like you can say, I really want a sign that is specifically this, and then you will be shown it. And you don't need to necessarily see it exactly as it is in reality. So you could say, like yeah. there was actually a TikTok I was watching. And this lady was like, I need, her. there was a symbol between her and her mom about pineapples. And she was like, mom, just, I need to know that you're okay. And that you're with me, but send me a pineapple, but make it look funky. Like, cause I, I don't want to just see a regular pineapple. I need to really know that it's you. And about a couple hours later, she wound up getting a suitcase that had pineapples on it that were all different colors. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, what are the chances that this person just gave her a suitcase that had pineapples all over it that were multicolored? That's how it works. Like the amount of things that need to go into play for that person to decide they're no longer going to have that suitcase to ask yeah. this other person, do you want this suitcase and have it mean something to her? Because if it had been the day before, she just would have probably grabbed it and been like, whatever. Okay, cool. I got a new suitcase. But she recognized that the signs were there and that it was really her mom, the other side, coordinating this effort to get her the answers that she needed to feel comfortable and safe and know that she's on the journey. So I've mentioned as many times before, if I see a dime or a feather, those are my major right. signs. To me, those are unique enough. I don't say it has to be a white feather. Like it could be any feather <laughs> and the dime. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be any, it doesn't have to be up or down or it doesn't matter to me. It's just a dime. It's important to have those. And there's other things that can be signs. Like when we said yes to our au pair, she was reading a book that had Fenella's name in it. And the, the two of us were, yeah, were like blown away. She's like, oh, I'm reading a book that has your name in it. And Fen's like, I've never even heard of a book that had my name in it. Nobody ever right. has heard of her name, especially, well, she's, this woman is from Italy, so maybe more familiar with it because it's European, but like, so to us, that was a sign. So be on the lookout for the signs. And that's the thing is like, when you start meditating, you start slowing down 
the pace that you're at and you notice those things because she could have said, I am reading a book about Fenella and we could have been like, oh, that's weird. And then just kept going, not looked at it like, oh, is this actually spirit trying to say that this is a proper connection, that maybe this might be a good idea? It doesn't always have to be just limited to the things that you're asking for. It's about paying attention to everything. Totally agree with that. And what I love about signs, like I've told you before, faces are always from my dad. And I just recently established what I wanted from my mom. And I like literally got that immediately, which I was so excited about. It was either love or hearts. And that happened immediately. And then I was telling you too, how now I really believe my dad is like killing it with the sense of humor because I'll do something stupid and I'll look down and there'll be a face like, like, (laughs) (laughs) or there'll be like different variations that used to just be smiles, but now they're all variety of faces. But then I also love the fact that like I asked the other day, I had a specific question of how I wanted to know if this was really happening. And I literally said, I need this sign. And it for my mom, it was an eagle. And I needed it only for that specific question. Like, I love my signs of my hearts and my faces, just so I know they're here. Mm. And I see them all over. And what I loved about the smiley faces is when that all started happen, when my dad passed away, I would say he's dropping smiley faces from heaven for me. I started posting them on Facebook and people would see a smiley face and text it or tag me in it or whatever, because then they started thinking about me. Yes, I know. And I sent you one one time. There (laughs) was snow that fell on our outdoor light and it was like definitely the goofiest smile at smiley face. And I was like, I have to send this to Dory. This is so cool. Yep. I love that. I absolutely love that. Because then it's like, everyone's connected with it. I Mm -hmm. love it. But I had asked about a very specific question for my mom to show me an eagle. And in this book, signs, they do tell you like, it can happen right away. But it can also happen within a week at Mm -hmm. some point. And I was like, okay, I didn't get it today. Maybe I'll get it tomorrow. But I kept paying attention. And I live by a golf course. I'm like, I've got to see an eagle. They're like always flying around here. Never saw that. And I'm looking for like a bird, an actual bird that's an eagle, like a live thing, or maybe on a commercial or something of some eagle swooping by. Wasn't happening, wasn't happening. So I'm like, okay. And I'm going, I'm driving. I had to go to the post office to pick up the mail. And I pull in. I go there every Thursday for the last three years. Never noticed the eagle that is on the United States Postal Service sign. And I drive in and I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. You're here. Thank you. Thank you for my answer. Awesome. See, and that's the thing is like when we tag something as important, our brain starts to try to find it. So signs work for that reason. We're able to notice them because we've tagged it as important. But also there was a time when I was dropping Fen off at the airport and I was concerned that we weren't going to like be able to have our relationship ever again. And I was really kind of bummed because she was going to Africa for six months. And I was like, can you just give me a sign? And then 
they gave me a sign and it was our song. And then the next one, I was like, well, that's always on. And then give me another sign. And then it was the moon. And then I was like, okay, it's a half moon and they become whole and like, like the moon becomes whole. I was like, great. That's all right. But there's moons always around. And then I turned on the radio again and it was, I saw the sign. So like the radio also (laughs) communicates a lot with you. So actually pay attention every time that you get in the car, if you're on a spiritual path, look at this title of the song or listen to the first few lyrics of the song. It's very weird. I used to take a class for years and I test this out every time I got in the car. It was like a summation of what I was going through and learning in the class. Now, obviously, if it's heavy metal, I can't say that. <laughs> I don't know. No. But I like I wasn't listening to that. I was listening to like country music or like pop or 90s. Or it was a bunch of different stations. And it was every single time I got in, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense for what I was just releasing and going through and learning. I love that you're so open to this journey and it's actually really fun to be on this journey with you and hearing your frustrations and your questions. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good question. I, I, at the time didn't really understand that. And now I do. And one of the things that you recently asked me was about EFT and tapping. How do you know the number when you're tapping? And you really don't know the number per se. Like you can tune into it and you can ask for it. And depending on how much you trust yourself, then you'll know. But here's the thing. At the very beginning stages, you're learning to trust your instincts and decipher whether you are holding yourself back or if you're going off of your intuition. So sometimes what I say to people is like, they'll be like, I'm at a seven. And I'll be like, well, that's lame. (laughs) Uh, A seven is (laughs) non-committal. Like, can you at least go with an eight or a six? Like, So I do push people to pick an eight or a six because it's really indicative of like, okay, this is really a problem or this is like gonna probably not be such a big problem. But the other thing is sometimes when people start tapping, they think that it's maybe a seven or maybe let's say they pick a six, they start tapping and it gets worse and they need to pay attention to that because that is okay. Like it can get worse because you're getting checked Mm. into your actual feelings. They could, you could have suppressed it so much so that you're like, this isn't really an issue. And it really, when you start tapping, it starts to bubble up and you're like, holy moly, this is bad. And then it will go back down. Sometimes when you get down lower and it gets kind of stuck or sticky, it can be a three. And really being honest with yourself, whether or not it's a three is important because what I have seen is that when it's a three and it's staying there at a three, it is usually intergenerational trauma and programming that is there to keep you safe, but no longer necessary. Like for instance, I remember Amy on the podcast, one of the early podcasts she was on and we were doing some tapping and her grandfather owned a business in New York City. It was a textile business. The business burned down. He got very stressed out, got very sick and died. And so in her lineage, if you follow your passion, it's going to end up in sickness and death. That was literally the program that was passed down to her. So she was struggling at that time to step forward and own the business of her dreams. Like she wanted to take steps forward, but in her lineage, her DNA, her grandfather's actually signature that was given to her was don't follow your passion because it will result in sickness and death. And she had this connection very strong. So, but as soon as we thanked him, because she's not buying a building in New York City that's going to burn down to the ground. She was (laughs) just doing other things. We thanked him for keeping her safe up until that moment. 
but it's now time for her to step into her power and break that connection. And she has choice over it. And she has a lot of awareness over stress and like how to relieve that and how to make sure that she is in alignment with the things that she wants to experience. And even has, I mean, if she was even, if it was exactly the same thing, like she was buying a building in New York city that was a textile business, she even still would have the awareness of like, well, if it burns down, then that's what's the way it's supposed to be. And would have had a whole right. different understanding of the situation rather than what her grandfather did went through because she's on her own spiritual journey and has made a lot of progress. Sometimes we have these things that come up to help keep us safe and they no longer are necessary. Another one that usually comes up is stuff from childhood. We will try to keep ourselves small. For instance, that was something in my family. It's like, don't rock the boat. Don't be too loud. Don't get in the way. Don't ask for too much. Those were all things that were silently like directed towards me because there were so many of us. And it really wasn't intentional on my right. mom's part. It just was something that I picked up on. So as I've gotten older, I've realized, okay, Amy, you got to let go of that program. If you want to help as many people as you want to help, they're going to need to see you. Like they're going to need to find you, but you can't be like tiny in a corner blending in with the wallpaper. You're going to need to stand out. You're going to need to rock the boat. You're going to need to be big. <laughs> So the point is, is if it's at a three, just thank your ancestors for that information and trying to keep you safe. And then you will notice it's like, yeah. it's almost like you go through a time warp and that's really what it looks like. It's like, and then you come back into existence. It, like it's that moment of change and you're back flashing into existence. Thank you, Aiden. And you, then you have this whole new reality that you live in. And then you can move that down to a two and then even less if you want. I always say, if you're tired of tapping, you can stop at two over the next course of the day or the next day, you will work all that energy out of your system. But if you really want, you can master it right away and get down to that zero. Sometimes it takes only a minute more. Sometimes it could take a few minutes, but it's important to keep paying attention to how you feel. So a lot of people ask me, like, how is my EFT different than EFT? elsewhere because people are like, well, I've tried EFT. And I'm like, well, I would like to know how much did you commit to it? How much were you paying attention to how you felt? How much were you listening to your thoughts? Because to me, I find EFT extremely effective and worth all of that attention yeah. and effort. And if it doesn't work for you, fine, because not everything's going to, but I do think that it will work for the vast majority of people for the vast majority of things that are going on. So it's worth the effort. It's a biohack. It is something that will up-level you very quickly. It is actually very cheap compared to most biohacks in terms of the effort and cost. It's nothing. I thought that was a really great question when you asked me that. Thank you. Because I actually, and I never considered EFT a biohack, but now I know why I totally love it. Because that's also my personality. Like I want quick. I want results. Like, let's go. <laughs> right. Love. Let's effing go. I'm, that's what, who I am at the core, right? Just like you. And yeah. why not get the results really quickly and have the largest impact possible, which is why I do things like the sauna or the ice bath or electrolytes or the supplements that I do or the food that I eat. Like, I don't want to have to deal with things that are going to drag me down or take too long. <laughs> yeah. And that's always my personality. Like, if somebody needs something to be done or like, oh, we need something. Okay. And Amazon has made it extremely difficult for you to not be able to do this. But I'm like, all right, we need that. Let's just buy it. Be here tomorrow. 
Well, that's like, what I love about you in my business. You, you go faster than I can. Dory, Dory's always I'm like, glad Wait, Amy. That. <laughs> Amy, we need to review this again. I've already asked you like twice. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And so you're learning to work with somebody who is a little neurodivergent, but I love that you get it done fast. That's always been helpful. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody enjoys the way I am. <laughs> Because sometimes my kids are like, do we have to do it now? I'm like, yeah, let's just get it done. It's yeah, because then it's off your plate. It's like out right. of your brain next. space. Thank you, next. Yeah, so but essentially, next. yeah, that's the one thing I wanted to mention about this podcast is that the beginning part of the journey is about getting rid of your buttons. So when I say that, I mean like people push your buttons, right? That's a trigger. So you want to yeah. get rid of all the triggers that you have, all the buttons that you have that they could press so that you don't lose energy. You don't lose focus. You don't go down the spiraling out, lose days or weeks or months or whatever, or get sick. The more that you can spend time with yourself and consciously remove those buttons so that you become neutral to those around you, in a good way. It's not like I apathy. Mm -hmm. This is a, it's just like you can be present with people, non-judgmental and loving and can, and unconditional with your love with them. You just won't get triggered. And at, at this point, after 17 years, those buttons are few and far between. And sometimes people hit them and I really notice it because I'm mostly at peace. And then when somebody does hit it, I'm like, holy moly, there was a button there that they found and I have not healed that. Well, let's do that. So this part of your journey is about removing those buttons that can derail you because you want to have maximum energy for resilience. And this is one of the biggest ways you can lose energy is having Which buttons. is good to hear because this I have a feeling that this is like the first time I've really heard you put it that way. Hmm. Like I know a lot of your stories, obviously I've known you for a long time, but that is something that when you mentioned that before, I... Definitely. <laughs> like you have one one or two buttons, maybe, and you're working with somebody who's got probably about 50 buttons all over her. I could even tell you what half of them are. I probably know and have names of people who's on those buttons. And that could be what's slowing down my journey. I don't want to say stopping it or right. why it's taking me so long. But that's something that I've never consciously thought about of trying to just become neutral. I, I would say maybe I've thought about it a little bit. Like I I look at it more as not trying to be so reactive. Exactly. Just letting it you, go. you want to respond, not react. And that's the thing is like, when you have these buttons, you want to be brutally honest with yourself. Like what exactly am I triggered about this situation? Like, what okay. does this remind me of? Where might have I gotten this from? Has this been something that I learned from my mom or my dad or somebody in my family? Those are all very important questions. And it takes bravery to go in and look at those things and hold them yeah. with like compassion for not only just like having the trigger because the trigger's there because it was trying to keep you safe, but recognizing right. that you no longer want to be kept safe that way. Like it's not actually working right. for you. And then you have that opportunity to release it and it takes courage and bravery to do that. But then you don't get derailed ever again or like in that way right. from that thing because it's gone. You're neutral to it. Right. 
And I here's the, let me just tell you, the universe will p- keep presenting people who will trigger those buttons or push those buttons. You will still have to continue working on that stuff. So you either have the opportunity to stuff it down and have another person come along with it and push it. The opportunity is there for mutual healing because the person has that opportunity oh, once because they're a part of it to deal with and release it. So you could stuff it down or you can deal with it and then like have it be done. Like it's a final task that's done. And that feels really good. I'm sure that releases dopamine, in fact. I'll bet you. Yeah. Spirituality (laughs) turned science. (laughs) Gloria, I love you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I love you too. And I'm so happy that we are working together. And I'm so excited that I got to be the first non-family, but family member. on your podcast so what an honor and a privilege thank you for being on the show i love you and i love working with you and i love that you share so much about your journey with me and now with others so they can learn i'm glad to be a part of it if you love today's podcast you're gonna love the ur energy course i'm gonna drop the link below so you can pick up that course I go much more in depth about the science behind healing and I share the tools and techniques that I use every single day to help my body heal. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.